Bolo, and welcome back to Lead with Compassion with me, your host, Nico McCall. So far in these stories of me coming out as a transgender male, you've heard about me coming out as a lesbian, coming out as transgender to acquaintances from my past, and coming out at work. Today I'm going to talk about coming out to medical professionals and a little about my medical journey at the beginning of my transition. What I have found is that transgender people are amazingly resourceful. We know a lot about the medical and legal sides of our transitioning process. We have to. Especially in more rural areas, we can't rely on medical professionals to have our best interests in mind. While they may be willing to treat trans patients, most of them don't have a good understanding of what we go through or how to treat us. I had a general practitioner when I was ready to start testosterone, but didn't trust her enough to go to her for a prescription. In a few minutes, you'll learn that I was right not to. In my own resourcefulness, before telling a doctor or therapist that I was transitioning, I started doing research. I researched my insurance to see what was covered and what was required for me to qualify to have testosterone covered. For many insurances, this requires a letter from a therapist. I didn't have a therapist at the time, so I had to find one. My wife is a therapist in our small community, so I didn't want to talk to anyone in our town. I did some Google searches for trans-friendly therapists in my state. It's just hard to pick a therapist from a screen. I had a college friend who had since come out as trans and was a practicing therapist, so I asked him for referrals. After researching the names he gave me and deciding who I wanted to work with, I didn't do anything. I sat on that information for a couple months, afraid to reach out. I'm not sure why I was afraid. Anxiety around the unknown, for sure. I trusted my friend, so I wasn't scared of the therapist not being supportive. Probably it was just that it felt like a giant leap forward in a process I was scared to start. A couple times a week, I would pull the therapist's website back up and look through it, stare at the phone number, The more time that went by, the more uncomfortable I got in my body, until one day I actually called the number and made an appointment. Here's the thing with calling and making doctor appointments. They like to ask you what the appointment is about. So for the first time, I told a stranger over the phone that I wanted to talk to someone about my gender identity. This required that I first had to put aside the fear of the receptionist judging me. And believe me, I was highly attuned to any fluctuations in her voice that would have meant judgment. I was relieved to come up empty-handed. It was apparently just a normal request on my part. Nothing for her to judge. One step down. Then it was the day of the appointment. Anyone else have increased heart rate, fast, shallow breathing, unsteady hands, 
shaky voice when waiting to meet with someone for the first time. Even in that moment, I knew it had nothing to do with the therapist. I wasn't anxious about her end of the exchange. Later, I would be diagnosed with anxiety. I got two great things out of my first couple meetings with my therapist. First, I received 100% support from her no matter how I decided to move forward with my transition. Second, I received referrals to people who had prescribed me testosterone. And in true Nico fashion, I researched the referrals and then did nothing. It took two months for me to be able to make an appointment with a doctor to be prescribed testosterone. I chose a doctor with a history of trans support. On their website, there was a whole section on gender identity and transitioning. So again, I felt comfortable with the doctor, but before you can get to the doctor, you have to divulge information to the person on the phone. I hate that. The day of the appointment comes, but before I can get a prescription, I have to go through a lengthy document discussing all kinds of effects the testosterone will have on my body. I'd already wrestled with many of these possible effects desperately wanting many of them, and considering not transitioning to avoid others. There's enough to unwrap here that it will get its own episode. I didn't like this doctor, but she had knowledge of the trans community and was willing to write me a prescription, so the relationship worked well enough. I saw her a couple more times, but then she quit and I was reassigned to a nurse practitioner. I really liked her, but after one appointment, I got a letter that the clinic no longer had anyone employed who could prescribe testosterone. I had to start my search for a doctor again. I mentioned earlier having a general practitioner. Well, the letter I received from the clinic came shortly before I ran out of my testosterone prescription and required a new one. So I went to my general practitioner to see if she would take over the management of my testosterone. Prior to this request at a different appointment, I let her know that I was transitioning and testosterone was added to the list of prescriptions I had. My doctor in that appointment brushed off the fact that I was transitioning, saying she had several patients who had transitioned. I was informed at this appointment, however, that she would prescribe me testosterone to cover me once, but would not manage my transition because, quote, there isn't enough research and the issue with cancer, you know, end quote. I will provide links in the show notes for people who would actually like to read some research and not just guess at it. For those of you who don't want to read that much, I'll let you know both of her assertions are false. For people in rural areas, Finding someone, a competent someone, willing to go down this road with a patient can be hard. I wish it was just as hard to find a doctor unwilling to provide information based on the little time they've spent on the topic. I drive two and a half hours one way to my appointments. The nurse practitioner I see now has actually attended conferences by the World Professional Association for Transgender Health 
which provides standards of care for transsexual, transgender, and gender nonconforming people in 18 languages. I want to take some time here to talk about the dangers trans people face in the doctor's office. Our mental safety is at risk. Several years ago, I was speaking with an LGBTQ group at a university, and once we got on the topic of going to doctors, we didn't talk about anything else. And my situation with my doctor earlier is mild. Situations for others have included being blamed for our health conditions, being subjected to harsh language, which doesn't even include refusal to use the correct name and pronouns, refusal to treat us, and more. If you've listened to other episodes, you've heard me talking about how hard it is for me to overcome internalized transphobia and anxiety. And earlier in this episode, I talked about how hard it is for me just to schedule an appointment. Being in a room with a healthcare professional is extremely vulnerable for us. We don't know how sideways the conversation is going to go until we're in it. In a closed room, most likely with the professional between us and the door. And probably what we're having to do in that room is advocate for ourselves to a professional who should know more than us and is used to knowing more than us. It's intimidating. If you're trans and have experienced these things, keep listening. I'll share some ideas of how to get what you need when in the room a little later on. Referrals are a good way to sidestep some of the risks. If someone else had a good experience, chances are we will too. At my first appointment with my current nurse practitioner, she handed me a stack of stapled papers. It was a resource document she put together of other professionals I could seek help from that were known to provide affirming care for trans people. Other doctors, therapists, surgeons, endocrinologists, clinics performing hysterectomies. I got two things from this list. More confirming professionals than I will ever need and proof that she goes above and beyond to understand what I'm going through. That one document went a long way in solidifying trust in our doctor-patient relationship, making it more likely that I will seek medical care for any needs I have. We, as trans people, face a lot of risks in our journey to live authentically. It's important for us to have a medical professional we trust, and will go to for any needs. Unfortunately, what happens when we have traumatizing experiences with a doctor is that we avoid going back. We suffer unnecessarily, avoid getting treatment and monitoring of our progression. And worse is the effect it has on our mental health. If you are a person who could possibly treat trans people in some capacity, but you're not comfortable doing so, say so. You can politely let us know that you don't have enough experience to feel comfortable, or that you just don't feel comfortable. Just remember, we are not the reason you're uncomfortable. So please don't make us feel like it.
You could even have a document ready to give us of other people who are comfortable providing the care we need. And you could put in the work to get more comfortable. There are a lot of resources out there for you. If you are a trans person who is avoiding healthcare or are needing resources, I've added some to the show notes. If you have a medical professional or a therapist you trust, ask them for referrals. You could join a transgender or LGBTQ Facebook group. There are people in these groups from around the world. They may be able to refer you to someone in your area or to someone you can reach out to for referrals. If you already have an appointment, but you feel you aren't getting the best treatment or forget everything you are going to ask once you get inside the exam room, or you feel intimidated, prepare ahead of time. Here is some of my best advice for preparing for a doctor's appointment. You don't have to go alone. You can take a support person with you. They don't even have to wait in the waiting room. They can go into the exam room with you. You will most likely have to advocate for yourself, so be prepared. I always write down questions ahead of time. I pull out the paper during my appointment and go down the list when the doctor is in the room. I've even taken notes when getting answers. If you're afraid that you won't be able to advocate for yourself in the moment, ask your support person to do it for you. If you feel the doctor or nurse isn't listening to you or respecting you, you can say so. You can let them know you feel like you aren't being heard. You can even let them know if they've said something offensive. And you can always get up and walk out. If the medical professional you're seeing isn't respectful, won't listen, or is giving you advice you know to be false, you don't have to stay and listen. You can let them know it's not working, or just get up and leave. These days, if I'm feeling up to it, when I'm visiting a new doctor or clinic, I'll ask if they're comfortable treating trans people. No matter what they say, I can tell by their reaction and how they answer whether or not I would refer someone to them. I like to be prepared in case someone in my area is looking for a referral. It is hardest in these moments for me to have compassion for the medical professionals who claim support but aren't actually supportive. I don't know what it's like to be a general practitioner in a rural area. I have no medical training. What I know is that from a patient standpoint, it seems like common sense to be aware of areas you aren't familiar or comfortable treating and putting together a list of colleagues you can recommend. They are probably under pressure to know at least something about everything, especially in the smaller communities. I get that. But just like a serious medical condition where they would refer the patient to a specialist, we could be referred to someone knowledgeable about transitioning. A person I grew up with is a doctor in a small community. After I came out, she reached out to me. She had patients who were transitioning, and she wanted to do her best for them. She didn't have prior experience, 
but she put in the work. I shared the resource document I got from my nurse, and she followed up on professional resources. I think what makes finding compassion for medical professionals who are damaging to the trans community so hard is that we are already in such a vulnerable position when we walk into that exam room. So for my safety here behind the mic, let me try to find compassion. To my general practitioner who refused to take over my testosterone management because of lack of research in cancer, I see that you are probably overwhelmed treating the entire spectrum of sicknesses and disorders in our community. When you tell me there is a lack of research on the effects of testosterone and allude to it causing cancer, that scares me. It scares me because in those words, I hear that I'm not supported. It scares me because you say you have other trans patients, and I worry what advice you've given them. I worry that your words have been unintentionally harsh, leaving them feeling small and unworthy. Perhaps she feels small and unworthy, trying to treat trans people. Perhaps she is too overwhelmed to do the research she wants to do. Whatever the case, she is doing the best she can. And it's up to me to decide if her best works for me. If it doesn't, I can move on. I have found a lot of compassion for myself within my medical journey as a trans person. Every time it took me months to make one phone call. Every time I got into the room and forgot every question I was going to ask. Every time I remembered the question, but didn't ask it because I didn't feel worthy as a person. Or the doctor seemed like they were in a hurry, so I better not take up more of their time. Every time I looked at the question on the piece of paper and decided it wasn't worth asking. I was doing my best. I slowly learned to go from beating myself up after an appointment to applying small techniques to better advocate for myself. To this day, I'm still learning techniques to try that help me get the best care in the moment. Thank you for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes for resources and ways you can reach out to us. Let us know how you advocate for yourself in difficult situations. And come back for the next episode where I'll discuss coming out in the local newspaper. I'll see you then.